0: Hello, and welcome to the Fad and Dad podcast. I'm Father Andrew Dickinson.
1: His friends call him Fad. I'm Joshua Burks. His kids call him Dad. And we're the Fad and Dad podcast, where faith is meaningful. And wit is an occasional guest.
0: And like, the spirits are good. It's just the body is tired. Like, in prayer, I feel really sustained. One year... So, uh, Fad and Dad listeners, Father Andrew Dickinson here, the Fad of Fad and Dad.
1: Hey, I'm Josh. I'm the dad, and you'll probably hear my kids stomping on the floor at some point.
0: Oh, that'd be awesome. I haven't heard them yet.
1: <laughs> Good. I mean, on this episode. <laughs> and, uh, but uh,
0: so I, I'm uh, once a year I do work for my diocese at Broomtree Retreat Center uh, on what's called the 30 Day Spiritual Exercises of Saint Ignatius. Mm. And uh, it's not my retreat, but I work. The retreat for others, and uh, if you're at all in agrarian life, uh, the best way to describe as being a dairy farmer uh, of the spirit for three for 30 days. Your fur, your fur in your brow. No, not that. Uh, well, spare the uh, explanation of your hand gesture. Um, it's uh, dairy farmer in the sense that uh, you have to. You you can never leave the dairy farm. Oh sure you talk to a dairy farmer, they're always working. And yeah. so this is kind of like that.
1: Well, yeah. and you got to milk the grace out of the souls, man.
0: <clears throat> Come on, the analogy fits. No, actually, no, it doesn't <laughs> because they're the ones that have to do it. You're teaching I them
1: how to milk a cow?
0: Teach them to recognize it, but, I, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. There you go. <laughs> Um, so one year I signed up. I committed to direct a woman's weekend retreat, like right after the thirty day. <laughs> oh, that was kind of a mistake, but it's actually in some ways really good.
1: <laughs> oh, those those blessed ladies. Yeah, well, I mean, they were great. The problem, the thing was me. I know those blessed,
0: Is, yeah. blessed ladies. Blessed for enduring me. <laughs> Who had you at the post thirty uh, day? yeah so yeah like I was just kind of goofy punch
1: drunk hey man and... the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak the, f- uh, the flesh is weak flesh The is flesh weak. is definitely weak yeah. um so anyways how are you i'm I'm great i uh, i'm I'm tired as well i've uh, just came off of one travel leg to see family uh, nice. and then I'm leaving again on um, oh. in two days from now I'll be going to the applied biblical studies conference so I'm sure I'll have much to share after that Scorcher, yeah. Uh, Taking Liz with me, so the boys are staying with um, with our parents, and we're going nice. to go listen to some cool cool talks. Um, I will say cool talk, on which I I don't know how the calendars are celebrating it, but while I was Thanks. visiting family in South Carolina for my Sunday obligation, I got to go to my first um, Maronite liturgy. Oh, and really, it just so happened to be the feast of Charbel. Yes, yeah, yeah. There were the, there were the the twinkle fingers. Yeah, the, the epiclesis where it's like the wiggling, the waving hands. <laughs> I noticed that, like the wings of the dove. And I, yep. I yeah, I, <laughs> I was debating in my head: did he add the finger wiggles, or was that part of no? That? That's part of the rubrics. Um, yeah, and it, I so, saw uh, it was the feast of Charbel, uh, and I knew that Charbel is heavily steeped in Lebanon spirituality and, and the Maronite right. So it was cool. So, listeners,
0: uh, if you're not aware, the uh, Maronite uh, ritual comes from Lebanon. So, like, you know, we are Roman Catholics. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's Byzantine or Greek Catholics. There's Russian Catholics, uh, Coptic. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's also uh, Maronite. uh, And they have uh, their own rituals formed by that Lebanese culture, Mm -hmm. whereas ours (laughs) is formed by Western European Roman culture.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was beautiful. They... um... They sing the institution narrative in Arabic, and there's three of them at the altar singing it with these low organ cool. undertones. Oh, it was it was breathtaking. <laughs> Ooh, I got I got a little, a little je- dirty.
0: A little jealous there mm-hmm. of uh, the Maronite right.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Awesome. It was cool. Good. So uh, that's a. Uh, this will get published then uh, sometime after that, listeners. Another way to date when we're recording this. This is the first day of
1: X. This is the first day of X. I just learned about X. All well, that's because you my are
0: uh, That's because Josh Burks is is an X social media user.
1: Oh, <coughs> zing! Yeah. No, I'm not. Zing. <laughs> no, you're not. I'm not I an X use social media social platform media X, but you are a former social media user. But rest in peace to the era of Twitter.
0: Well, no, I mean Twitter still is, no, but it's just not Twitter It's X. It's X. Anyways. Trippy. Shall we uh, so so is X the fulfillment of Twitter? No.
1: <laughs> but Jesus well, it, rem- re-
0: it remains to be seen, I suppose. <laughs> I guess, yeah. We'll see.
1: Jesus, though, is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. Of the Old Testament. Oh hold me back. Because today we're talking about Melito. Melito. Probably of, of, yeah, Sardis, Sardis, yep. Sardines. Something like that. Did Melito There's like There's a fish sardines? in the copy of my
0: book, but I don't think it's, I don't think that has reference to Sardines.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably not a, of the more common household names. If you know church fathers, uh, maybe a little more dark horse, uh, but still in the runnings with them early ones. I actually, I don't really have any dates of Melito. Do you have, do you have a quick... Uh, circa 190 A.D. for the writing of this,
0: uh, hymn, uh, to the Pascha, to the Passover.
1: Okay. Um, so he's running a few decades after Ignatius and Polycarp.
0: Right. But still just, just barely over like 160 years from the time of the Passion, Death, and Resurrection of Jesus. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So, uh, we, yeah, we're reading, uh, Peri Pascha or On the Passover, uh, it's a it's a homily of sorts on the Passover of old and the Passover of new. It's breathtaking.
0: I would throw out um, one note. Uh, I'm surprised you! Oh my gosh! Yes, score one for me. What? Sardis. Sardis is mentioned in the Bible. <gasps> no. You don't. You don't. You're not, you Do you get it yet? Oh, no. no. Where? No, you're not getting it. Ah, oh, Book of Revelations. One of the seven churches. Of course
1: it... Man.
0: Wow. Score one for... Score one. Uh, just, I'm just a simple priest. You got me there. Just a simple just... priest. I don't have any fancy... Oh, uh, man. Jobs or roles that way. Ha, ha, ha. All right, you need... to you pull out your Bible right now? You, yeah, you need to
1: introduce Molito, because now I'm going to be... <laughs>
0: Pretty sure it's Revelation three. Oh, I just opened up right now to the church to the angel of the church in Sardis. Sardis right this. Yep. Oh, you have to the watch one strengthen what is left.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Um, I'm gonna have to yep. dig into that.
0: Yeah, look for some cross references. Yep. yep. I don't think there's any. So, uh, so uh, Perry Pascha or on the Passover, it's uh, you know you talked about as a homily. I think it almost more than a homily. To me, it feels almost like a hymn. Hmm. in that way um and just the way it's written and because it's written like in the stanzas yeah um and so it's almost like something like the, a, a chant or part of the mystery of the proclamation of the passover and so really what it does is it wants to connect the passover uh of egypt uh mm-hmm. to the passover of the lord mm-hmm. um, which of course uh you know Jesus himself talks about various ways in the Last Supper narratives Mm -hmm. uh, that he's fulfilling the Passover, Mm -hmm. tying into, like earlier, like in Matthew's gospel, I didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. Uh, But yeah, so uh, Melito very much this uh, beautiful uh, uh, teaching in whatever mode it was given that would have been um, almost like an epic
1: poem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is our first church father that at least we're addressing here on Fat and Dad that he's doing some... He is theologizing. He's borderline Mm -hmm. doing some exegesis, some beautiful exegesis right here. So we've... Not just writing a functionary letter. Yeah, this isn't a pastoral letter. This is a a robust theology uh, of Passover and interpretation.
0: Yeah, I think it would just be good to... To mention that, so like you know, we read Saint Clement of Rome in episode two. Spent uh, seven episodes of St. Natius of Antioch, and those are all pastoral mm-hmm. letters. Uh, we looked at the Martyrdom of Polycarp, which was an historical account, account. right? And, and and devotional, but historical. Mm-hmm. And then even the Didache was more of a moral instruction, yeah. catechetical, uh, and a litur Yep, but not so much a theo- So how would you distinguish this and as theologizing? Mm. Hmm? Let's put that degree to work since Ooh. you didn't work on <coughs> <laughs>
1: Some there's some subtle burns hidden in there, listeners. Um can't unpack it. Don't have time. So he is theologizing. He's doing... So exegesis is the is the task of drawing out from the text its meaning. Whereas its its, its um, contrast, eisegesis would be reading something into the text. And so what you see him doing is really some beautiful exegesis. He's reading the yeah. Passover, and he's drawing out of it its, its true, most fundamental meaning, which is... Yeah the revelation of jesus christ and what he accomplished in his true passover uh so yeah. so that's that's kind of the difference of what Melito is doing here versus the pastoral or the um the act of pastoral or catechetical, or catechetical even. yeah
0: yeah and so although i think there is kind of like still a mystagogical catechesis to this oh, just yeah. to throw out some fancy five dollar words hey. um but just uh, words that help draw you into the mystery of what Christ has done mm-hmm. a little more. Even though it's not per se teaching you, now memorize this, now learn this. Mm-hmm. It is forming the way. And that's one of the things I love, actually, about uh, the church fathers. We've said this before. And even like the liturgical traditions of the Maronites, mm-hmm. uh, the Greeks, our Roman tradition, is it uh, It forms us to think in some way. It's
1: pedagogical.
0: Yes. Another fancy $5 um, word. Yes. We're throwing them out. We're throwing them out like money don't matter. <laughs> um, the, uh, and actually, so I'm thinking right now, actually, the movie from like 2016,
1: 2015 Arrival. Uh, it's a sci-fi movie. No. Amy
0: Adams and oh, Jeremy Renner.
1: The, uh, um, they communicated with, with weird
0: signs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so the aliens who come, but it's, it's, it's not about like ray guns and things like that, mm-hmm. but it's, Uh, The notion that, like, a a language can change the way you think. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Good connection.
0: Uh, And so in the same way, things like on Pascha, uh, on Passover from Alito... Uh, Akathist hymns to the name of Jesus from like the uh, Greek Byzantine traditions mm-hmm. the liturgies Maronite Roman right? the more we uh, the language of the Psalms the more say, we use
1: that language it changes the way we think yeah it teaches us how to think and pray and, and act as well as teaching yeah. us its own content Yeah. Uh, so maybe the, can I say yeah. what I think is the biggest thing that it teaches us to think yeah in? please types types and not click, 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 click. Types. Nope. Uh, so, what do we mean by types? Tell me. Okay. Um, well, let's. His own words in paragraph number four. Uh, just this Ooh. one sentence, as he says, the type. Do we have the copyright to do this? <laughs> the type is. Do we have is... the copyright <laughs> to do this? I don't know, do we?
0: <laughs> I, I don't think it matters.
1: Um, we have the copyright from Melito.
0: Okay, thank you, Melito. St. Melito.
1: Um, he says the type is provisional, but the grace is everlasting. And, and that's, that's the short definition. So typology is, is the act of seeing something. Uh, we're, on the, we're on the border of language here, but roughly speaking, it's something that happens, an event, a person, a theme in history. So maybe we could say in the Old Testament that is fulfilled by something, namely Christ and his church in the New It's not constrained to only being it has to be one Old Testament thing and one New Testament thing. There are many types just contained within the Old Testament. Melito is the master um, typographer, (laughs) the master typographer of uh, kind of the first church father to really walk us through a typology uh, of Christ and the Passover. So he's looking at the Passover in, in the book of Exodus and the Passover of the cross.
0: And it's so important, like this, this school of typology then forms like everyone else. Origin gets a lot of credit for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a you know, hundred some years later. Mm-hmm. But really, Melito, I think, is one of the first ones. Not that we need to keep score of mm-hmm. who's yeah. on first, but it's just, this is a really important thing to the thinking, the imagination, the writing, forming the heart of the early Christians. It's this idea that mm-hmm. there was a provisional type in the Old Testament, that taught us how to think. Yeah. In some ways, then Christ fulfills what was uh, given in a
1: incomplete way. Christ is the fulfillment of that. Yeah. So two things just came to mind. One, and I'm glad you mentioned that. Like we're not keeping track of who said it first, but rather the more fathers who are saying this, the better, right? It's it's yeah. the church yeah. uh, living itself out. So it's it's adding to this witness of this is how we read scripture. This is how we interpret. And then two, it's not only it's not an invention of the early centuries. We see we see the workings of typology even in the New Testament writings itself. Uh, yep. Romans five, Saint Paul calls Christ uh, or Adam was a type of Christ. Yep. Uh, Peter in First Peter chapter three, I think it's chapter three. He calls the flood Noah and the flood was a type of, and he explicitly says this was a type True that. of baptism the water that washes and saves so scripture itself reads itself typologically mm-hmm. and this is the church fathers just continuing that program of typologically reading the old testament could we read uh, a passage or two please do so i don't know you want to read a two and you can
0: do six and i'll do eight yeah let's do that okay uh therefore well beloved understand how the mystery of the Pascha is both new and old eternal and provisionable provisionable eternal and provisional <laughs> perishable and imperishable mortal and immortal
1: hmm. goes on to say hence the sacrifice of the sheep alluding to the passover and the sending of the lamb to slaughter and the writing of the law each led to and issued in Christ, for whose sake everything happened in the ancient law and even more so in the new gospel. Did you read three or four there? Oh, six. Did you tell me to oh, read Oh, six. Four? That's right. Yep.
0: No, I'm no, no, sorry. I'm just tired.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're tired.
0: I'm tired. It's my first day. You get
1: three strikes. That was strike one. Oh, dang. Hmm. Can, you make, can you make an X sound? <laughs> like family feud? <laughs> I can't do it. I'm going to embarrass myself.
0: Okay. (laughs) And then uh, paragraph eight. uh, For he was born a son and led as a lamb and slaughtered as a sheep and buried as a man and rose from the dead as God, being God by his nature and a man.
1: Hmm. So that's – we're going to have to – we're going to have to um, even – use this approach as we continue on these church fathers there, these readings are going to get longer and longer. So we're going to want to read these little sections for you and, and we're going to have to go broad strokes as these readings get longer, but this is, yeah. so that's his introduction. This is the claim that the mystery it's, it's he's combining the history and the mystery <laughs> <laughs> clever. Is that, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Snaps. Yes. Snaps. It's, um, it's the combination of how the mystery is revealed throughout history. And yeah. and this is where he comes in with his typological uh, approach. I want to... Do you have something? Nope. I'm, okay. I'm cool. Um, because here's something that I... So I want to move toward paragraph, at least Fad and, and whoever might be actually looking at the text with us. Like paragraph 32, 33, and, and a few of the paragraphs sure. after... Because here he's really doing some work on, uh, uh, maybe another way of saying this is a figural reading Mm. of of the Exodus. Because here's something important that, you know, okay, so biblical teacher Josh, I have a lot of antennas that are going off while reading this uh, in an exciting way. That Melito does not teach us um, that we don't need the Old Testament anymore. Mm. Um, nor is he teaching us that aren't these stories just nice little lessons that help us, or at least just our neon signs that point to something later in a small sense, maybe yes. But he says, I'm going to read two paragraphs, paragraph 32 and 33, where he's thinking about the angel of death that went through, uh, with the death of the firstborn in the 10th plague at the start of the Exodus. And Melito says, tell me, O angel. At what were you turned away? At the sacrifice of the sheep or the life of the Lord? At the death of the sheep or the type of the Lord? At the blood of the sheep or the spirit of the Lord? Clearly you were turned away because you saw the mystery of the Lord taking place in the sheep, the life of the Lord in the sacrifice of the sheep, the type of the Lord in the death of the sheep. For this reason, you did not strike Israel, but it was Egypt alone that you made childless. He sees the mystery of Christ in the events themselves, Uh, and so this is this is his typologizing. This is his theologizing while reading Exodus 12 and the events thereafter.
0: So it makes me think of that classic phrase of that uh, the uh, Old Testament is revealed by the New, and the New Testament is hidden in the
1: Old. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's. Um, yeah. I think Augustine kind of coined that famously. I believe so. Yeah. Um, yeah. And couldn't have said it better, that that's exactly what Melito is doing here. Um and then I, I, I really want to. I don't want to. I need to get off this soapbox at some point. But I, <laughs> <laughs> reading paragraph. Get off um, my lawn. I know. Um, paragraph thirty-seven. Just shortly thereafter, he says. So whenever the thing arises for which a model was made, then that which carried the image of that future thing is destroyed, as no longer of use, since it has transmitted its resemblance to that which is by nature true. Therefore, that which was once valuable is now without value, because that which is truly valuable has appeared. So he's kind of sketching out this image of, you know, if you're going to, um, if an architect is is planning out a building, you might have a small model, but then the model is useless once the real building comes. Sure. And I'm posing the question of the, the potential reader, well, what is Melito saying about the Old Testament? Right, is Melito saying let's let's scrap everything before, all we need is the gospel, the four gospels and everything that comes after. And here's the difference between because Melito makes this stunningly clear elsewhere, we just won't have time to, to nitpick, is that although the events of old have maybe transpired, the divinely inspired text of the account still remains a divinely inspired text uh so there's a difference like if i tell you fad about my trip to south carolina that's the, the difference between text and event oh i'm getting in the weeds here um you are <laughs> <laughs> oh no it's especially with my tired brain i know i'm swimming a little bit oh i'm um okay allow me like three sentences and then i'll get off the soapbox uh Milito is carefully separating the text and the event If I told Fad about my trip to South Carolina, that's different from him just watching like a GoPro, a video of the events that transpired. He's listening to my account of the events. The scriptures that we read are the accounts of the events. It's not just watching a video of the the events transpiring. And so he's saying we we might have an old structure in place, uh, the events of old. Those are no longer needed. That's not to say that the Old Testament and the divinely inspired account of the event is no longer of value. So,
0: I mean, maybe one way to say it this way would be that uh, just like you might know, you might have heard uh, through Instagram or whatever that your friend got engaged or or had a baby. Right? Or on (laughs) X. Elon Musk pays some money. Um, But... uh, you might have heard that news but then you still want to hear it from the person because their experience and account of it is different than just the the joe friday yes. uh, historical facts of the event yes perspective yeah yep. because he wants to draw us into the reality and that's part of and that's a liturgical mind as well that's a jewish liturgical imagination mm-hmm. right the anamnesis the remembering mm-hmm. that when you have the paschal Event as a uh, in the Jewish sense, you're remembering the Passover. You're taking, you're bringing the members of it back together mm-hmm. again. And we, of course, have that in the Eucharist, yes. right? That we're remembering what Christ has done. We're not just simply telling a story. Hey, cool story, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, but the account makes the reality present again.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you brought up liturgy because I think. He doesn't make it explicit, but I think that's also what he could be referring to here. I mean, imagine Melito's giving this account, this, this liturgical text, this poem on the feast of Easter, Pascha, whereas the, the synagogue down the road is celebrating an old Passover. He's saying sure. that old Passover doesn't affect our salvation anymore. Something new has come. That was the model, sure. and now we have the liturgy that Christ instituted in his Passover. That's where we You're getting act. into a
0: little eisegesis there, but I'll allow it. Thanks.
1: It's just the church um, fathers, so, so I'm not a heretic, right?
0: Yeah. Can we just move on to? It? I mean, I, I I'm loving this. Can but we just move time, on? That? In the interest of time. In the interest of time. Yes. Because there's some other cool stuff. There's, there's so, so much. Not even like halfway through I know. this thing. I could. I could. Okay. Spend too long on that. Um. So I, what I really want to talk about then is his image of Jesus as the Victor. Oh man. Yep, and so um, they're kind of like from the like the last third of this, he really mm-hmm. moves into this because so he's talking a lot about the Old Testament, then he talks a lot about sin, and there's some really cool stuff like it's almost like like horror movie esque mm-hmm. on the effects of uh, the uh, angel of death. Like you could write a Metallica song about this. Oh, they did <laughs> from Ride the Lightning in 1980 something. Um, but uh, did you know that? No. <laughs> no, it's called it's called Creeping Death. Okay. The song is about uh, the Passover. I did not know that at all. Yeah. Anyways, uh, look that up on your Spotify. Look that up on X. Uh, X doesn't stream music,
1: bro. Oh. Yeah. I don't. Sorry. sorry.
0: And, uh, but, uh, but then he enters into this language of uh, Christ's victory. What I love about this is uh, where we are here and now, when we think about Jesus' death on the cross we've started to think about it in a very Protestant way, a very um, reformed way. Um, you know, the Puritans who came to our country, right, the, do you know the name of the most famous sermon ever preached in America?
1: Ooh.
0: We are all sinners in the hands of an angry God. Oh, yeah. And that was a, a Puritan, yeah. uh, probably in Massachusetts, uh a, a homily preaching It was one of the most famous ones mm-hmm. in the United States. Maybe it's not the most famous, right. but um, yeah, it's this idea that we're all sinners in the hands of an angry God and that this vengeful, wrathful God um, has been placated by the sacrifice of Jesus. Oh. Um, and in fact, there's a, what's that hymn? It's like, isn't it the Newsboys? that? But it's become a hymn in some Catholic churches, um, In Christ Alone. Oh, yeah. The, um, is this the one? The wrath of the God, God was satisfied. Was satisfied. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so a very different, and I love this vision from Melito. So I just want to read um, this about Jesus uh, coming. This will be around like uh, I'll leave maybe from sixty-seven, mm-hmm. All right Maybe sixty-six. And, can I can I be so indulgent as to read sixty-six and sixty-seven? I'll give
1: you a soapbox. I had a soapbox.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Oh wow! All right. Uh, so this is from Melito. This is the one who comes from heaven unto the earth for the suffering one. And wraps himself in the suffering one, that's our humanity, through a virgin womb and and comes as a man. He accepted the suffering of the suffering one. through suffering in a body which could suffer and set free the flesh from suffering. Through the spirit which cannot die, he slew the manslayer, death. Hmm. He is the one led like a lamb and slaughtered like a sheep. He ransomed us from the worship of the world as from the land of Egypt. And he set us free from the slavery of the devil as from the hand of Pharaoh. He sealed our souls with his own spirit and the members of our body with his blood. Hmm. So uh, again, this idea of like, Christ actively doing this mm-hmm. in order to save us, right? As the victor, the, claiming us from death, claiming us from suffering. And I think here of, uh, there's a famous piece of art called uh, the Supper of the Mystical Lamb. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's from Ghent, Belgium.
1: I think I know what you're
0: talking and about. Yeah, you can, you can Google this, and or the Triumph of the Mystical Lamb, mm-hmm. or just the Mystical Lamb. But it's like uh, Christ as a lamb who's crucified yet slain, and so he stands on top of an altar, strong and proud, as the nations come from the four corners mm-hmm.
1: of the land to worship him. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that is uh, that's just simply stunning. Imagery here from Melito because and like you said, it, it really speaks to a, a really widespread misinterpretation today that that Jesus was reprimanded, disciplined. Um, I mean, or reluctant or
0: reluctant or reluctant yeah. to go.
1: I am. Um, yeah. So how do we be brief, Josh? Um, <laughs> or that he even that he entered Hades hell as a damned yeah. one. Right. Oh, man. What? The the consequences of if there is a rupture between the Father and the Son, a true division, then the Trinity is no longer in unity, and we are no longer monotheistic, but we have competing gods, or yep. Jesus is stripped and, of his divinity, and it, there's just such... Mm.
0: And then our humanity isn't united to the Father. Boom. Yeah. We're not united to
1: God yeah. in the humanity of Jesus. Then. Yeah. I, um... Yep. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have time now, to go into well, that Well, Well, this is, this is great. Uh,
0: so a like, little later on, though, he starts to end around mm-hmm. like uh, line 95. He starts talking about the mystery and how we can't really understand it. Yeah. And so there's always going to be a limit of our understanding of some of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and so he is lifted up on a tall tree, and a placard is attached to show who has been murdered. Who is it? To say is hard, and not to say yet more fearful. Listen, then, shuddering at him through whom the earth shook. Hmm. That's just beautiful. Goodness me. Amen. Um,
1: I th- go ahead.
0: No, I, somebody, I think it's a good yeah. uh, point for us to maybe end on, this idea yeah. of Christ the victor. Yeah,
1: truly. Uh, so uh, the, the, the simple takeaway there, or the ever so mysterious takeaway there, is when we look at the cross, we don't see a defeat. We see, we see a victor and a king. We see the, we see the willing victim and the willing priest who uh, went to the cross as fully God and as fully man and, and thereby saved us. Um, the father did not turn his face away. The father didn't pour his wrath on Jesus, but rather his offering was so sweet, so overabundantly good that it outweighed the, the debt that was owed by sin.
0: And also, too, this is an important point that we haven't talked about with typology. The oh, type yes. is never quite as full as the reality. Yes, thank you. And so while the the lamb could not give himself, mm-hmm. right? And the lamb had to uh, suffer and that wouldn't be slaughtered, but he did it passively. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jesus actively enters into it as the
1: Savior, and he conquers by being conquered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the anti-type or the fulfillment is always greater than the type or else it's not a fulfillment. Amen. Ooh. Awesome. Well, that was pretty neato. Oh, you did it. Pretty neato, Melito.
0: Pretty neato, Malito.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, next week. We haven't even decided yet. I can't decide. I'm Welcome to tired. Fat and Dad, y'all. Welcome to... I think. I
0: will say, thank God it's not next week. It's two weeks straight.
1: Every time I say it, I say it. Next yeah, episode. You do, you do. Next episode. I'll give you a hint, I or at least a potential. I Ooh. think we're going toward Justin Martyr. Ooh. Oh, yeah, totally. I, I think that's where we're going. And it, I'd be all about It's that. probably going to be a Justin part one, because Justin writes a lot. He does. Um, okay, I'd be down with okay. that.
0: Decided, we decided we right here, right Look now. You us. heard it, you heard it. Look at us. Let you behind the screen to know uh, how the magic is made. Wow. <laughs> neato. <laughs> well, Nito. All right. Well, hey, uh, for our dozens and dozens of listeners, uh, God bless you, and uh, keep being drawn up into the victory of the land. Amen.